Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. Wait, what? Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast about helping you pursue and achieve your dreams without compromising your faith, your family, or your health. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan, and in this episode, you and I are going to have a conversation that wraps up the Cobra Kai series. That's right, you heard that right. Uh, Specifically, we're going to talk about the rut that John Kreese was in in seasons one through four of Cobra Kai and how that connects to our own lives. And, And specifically, what I'm talking about is the rut of being stuck in a process. That's right. Maybe you have been doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results, and surprise, you're not getting that. So that's what we're talking about today, and we're going to give some practical tips on how to get past that kind of rut, but we're doing this in the frame of the show Cobra Kai, and we're talking about John Kreese, the founder of Cobra Kai himself. So here we go. All right. Hey, Rudder Nation, I'm glad that you're here with me this week. Now, if you've been following along the whole series, this is part three of an impromptu series I wanted to talk about of some ruts that we face in life or could face in life as they're kind of shown in the, and probably not done purposefully, but just something I picked up on when I binge watched Cobra Kai seasons one through four with my wife at the time of this recording. So if you're not familiar with Cobra Kai, a couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, Number one, Cobra Kai is a show off of Netflix based on what happened after Karate Kid, Karate Kid Part 2, and Karate Kid Part 3. So it's the continuing saga of Danny LaRusso, Johnny Lawrence, and all the other characters we came to love and hate in the Karate Kid franchise. Now, if you have not seen the show, and you want to see the show, and you don't want any spoilers, then this is your official spoiler warning right here, because I'm going to share some examples from the show to help make my point. And it might give away some aha moments and some cliffhangers might get resolved. So if that is the point or the the thing that you wish to see that whole show spoiler free, then download this to your phone, come back and listen to it another time. Now for everybody else, you've either seen the show or you don't care about the show, but you're really curious about where do I go with these lessons picked up from Cobra Kai? Let's go. All right. Now to pick up where I left off part one was the rut that Johnny Lawrence faced by being trapped with his limiting beliefs and his negative self-talk. So how did failure lead to him really doubling down, tripling down on limiting beliefs? And then what were some practical things that could get us out of our own limiting beliefs? That was part one. If you want to hear that one, go back to beyondtherut.com slash 290. You can listen to that episode. Part two, we now took a look at Danny LaRusso. Now, Danny was our hero in the three movies. He was the guy we rooted for. We saw him do the crane kick. We saw him do the drum thing. We saw him do kata. And in every chance or in every situation, he overcame his fears. He overcame the odds and he came out the winner. What we saw in Cobra Kai, the series is 34 years later, Danny LaRusso, our hero, now potentially becoming our neighborhood bully. He rested on his laurels, rested on the success and really didn't grow after a certain point. And some of us may have found that in our own lives, whether it's in our marriage, 
in our business or our profession or just our involvement in the community. At some point, we rested on our laurels, our successes, did nothing new to keep growing, and we're now seeing the world move on beyond us. So that's part two. And if you want to hear that one, beyondtherut.com slash 291. If you're listening to these on a player like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Overcast, you know, part one is 290, episode 290. Part two is episode 291. This is part three. It's also Beyond the Rut, episode 292. There you have it. Now you're up to speed. So who the heck is John Kreese? Now, if you know the movies, you know exactly who this jerk is. He is the founder of Cobra Kai Dojo. He's the one who created the bullies who picked on Danny LaRusso in the original Karate Kid movie. Vietnam veteran, special forces. He ingrained in his students, strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And they do that. They strike their enemies first. They saw the world in a very antagonistic way. They either are the aggressors or they're the victims. And you're not going to be the victims. So you got to be the aggressor. And in everything they do, they were the aggressor. And so the Cobra Kai we get to meet in the 1980s, 1984 to be exact, they are, in fact, bullies. They pick on the weak. They laugh at people. They draw attention to others so it's not brought onto themselves. They do it through fear. And that's the Cobra Kai we got to know in the 1980s. Now, in Karate Kid Part 3, it's no different. John Kreese and his business partner, Terry Silver, come out of the woodwork, and they have this plan to take on a high school student, torment him, embarrass him, get him scared, and humiliate him in front of the All-Valley Tournament crowd. And it's like the most outlandish plot for a movie, Part 3 is. But now we're, again, 34 years later, 35 years by the time... John Kreese comes into the show because he comes in at the end of season one and he's part of the show seasons two through four. And here's the thing. It seems like there's this roller coaster with John Kreese. Now, if you've seen all four episodes, you've seen that roller coaster. Turns out John Kreese is down and out for the last decade. He's been living in a homeless shelter or homeless shelter after homeless shelter. He is just wallowing in his misery and self-pity, almost like a Johnny Lawrence but older. Now we see him get restored. He's given a second chance by Johnny Lawrence and John Kreese does what every good villain does. He takes advantage and he takes over Cobra Kai from Johnny Lawrence. And before he even does that though, he's infusing his flavor back in the original vision he had for Cobra Kai dojo. And that is that strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And he sees every match as a life or death fight. He sees every interaction as good guys, bad guys. And they're all the bad guys because I'm the good guy. And that really amps up the violence committed by Cobra Kai. So the kids who used to be bullied are now out there bullying others. And it even gets to the point where at the end of season two, there's this really outlandish brawl between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do dojos. And it ends with Miguel, our, our hero from season one, the guy that we rooted for because he was the victim of bullying and he became strong and confident and fought back and he won in season one. He is now the one of the biggest aggressors in the whole thing. Well, it ends with him falling off the edge of a, a railing and he's now paralyzed. And then our other good guy, Robbie, Johnny Lawrence's son, is on the run. Now, this is the byproduct of the bad teaching from Sensei Kreese and... You're just like, man, this guy sucks. Somebody, somebody just let him 
get out of here. <laughs> when, when does he die? <laughs> like that, that, that left my wife and I just really wondering, when does this guy just keel over and die? You know, we just do not like this character. It, it just made us cringe. Every time John Kreese showed up on camera, we knew he was up to no good. Just evil, pure, through and through. Well, then they start to showcase another side to him. So we start to see later in the show, in seasons three and four, a John Kreese who was also bullied when he was younger. So before he joined the army, he was a busboy. His mother committed suicide. He's dealing with the loss of his mother to this mental health issue. And while he's trying to deal with that, the football stars are picking on him, calling him freak. And so he starts to realize their strength in going out and being a soldier. He protects a woman who's being you know, abused by her boyfriend and she becomes the love of his life. So he's a good guy. And we're like, wow, this, this is not the John Kreese I expected to see just like the show. I mean, Johnny Lawrence, who was the bully in the first movie is now our anti-hero through most of the series of Cobra Kai and Danny Lawrence, who was our hero in the movies is now like, Hey, we're so disappointed in you, Daniel. And here's John Kreese. And for the first time in all the movies, in the majority of the episodes, we now finally see a human side to John Kreese. And that's where he is the nice guy who lost his mother, who stood up for a woman being abused in public and joined the military. And he was like the good, dependable guy that isn't just going to sacrifice people willy nilly. And from there, we see a snapping point where his hero, his mentor is now ready to kill him just to save his own skin. And He's learning these lessons that life is not fair. Life is out to get you. The world is out to get you. And the only way to survive is to be tough and to strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And that becomes the mantra of Cobra Kai. Now, here's the thing. You start to realize John Kreese doesn't want to create bullies. He wants to stand up to them. He wants to provide a way for people who are picked on, who don't have that support in their lives to, he wants them to have resilience. He wants them to have a better life he wants them to have a chance. That's what he wants. And when you start to piece this all together, you think, wow, the John crease being portrayed in Cobra Kai isn't about being a jerk and dominating and hurting people. The John crease we're really seeing is somebody whose intentions are to help make you safe, to help lift up those who are meek, to be able to stand for themselves. But here's the thing. Here's the rut I propose to you. The rut John Kreese was stuck in was one of process because the process he used to build strength and courage in his students wasn't producing the output that he wanted. He wanted good people to have strength, to have protection, but he wanted them to really still be good people. And what helped him see that was Johnny Lawrence and the corruption of Johnny Lawrence because Johnny did become a bully, but it took Johnny to come to terms with himself, who he really wanted to be. So as Johnny is fixing his limiting belief issues, he's starting to take a stand against John Kreese. And he's starting to tell John Kreese the truth. This is where you went wrong, Sensei. This is how you ruined me. This is how I've had to pick up the pieces for the last 35, 36 years of my life. Johnny Lawrence is John Kreese's weak spot. It's the kink in the armor that allows him to see his process does not work. We even start to see it, and we see it early on in season two of the show, that John Kreese's tactics and style and philosophy took a bunch of kids who were bullied, and rather than helping them find strength and protection, they become the bullies. And by the end of season three, going into season four, especially season four, 
what John Kreese starts to do is that he wants to take out his enemy so badly. That's Miyagi-Do and now Johnny Lawrence's Eagle Fang Karate because eagles have fangs now. <laughs> that's, that's probably one of my funniest moments in that whole show is that, you know, eagles don't have fangs, but he wants them to have fangs because that's awesome. You know, it's tough. It's aggressive. And uh, I can't use the word that he uses because I don't want to have to use my bleep thing. So John Kreese is trying to develop strength in his students. He's trying to develop resiliency and he's going about it all the wrong ways to where what he's really producing in the world is the very thing that is oppressing other people. He's producing other bullies by season four. He's recruiting bullies into his dojo, kicking out the very students he wants to help and protect because they couldn't stand up to the bullies. And now he's making the bullies better bullies. So he's completely lost his way, but this is the process of John Kreese. He's created a winning dojo year in and year out. So before Daniel LaRusso showed up with Mr. Miyagi and Miyagi Do Karate, this is the process that John Kreese has gone by. He's recruited tough people and he's won tournaments that way. But then when you see the backstory of John Kreese, you realize that is not his intention. So the rut, again, I hold on to this. The rut he's stuck in is a one of process. And it's not until the end of the series in season four. Now, I don't think the series has ended. They did promise us at least a season five at the end of season four. So if I just made you panic, I'm sorry. That wasn't the intent. But here's the thing. By the final episode of season four, it finally dawns on John Kreese that what he really needs to do to produce the outcome he's wanted is to show mercy. His process of strike first, strike hard, no mercy, it isn't working. And He's risking the loss of a student over this. He's seeing the impact it's having on his students. Now, I don't know what season five has in store for John Kreese, but there's a moment where he lets his student Tori decide how does she want to play this last round? She doesn't tell her to play dirty like he has always done in the past. He doesn't talk about finish her. He doesn't talk about no mercy. He asks her, how do you want to do this? And lets her choose. And that's something he's never done before, but it's, that aha moment for him that his process isn't working for everybody and his process isn't producing the outcome he wants. And that could be the thing for us that whether it's our marriage, you know, that relationship is going through a process that we think it worked 10 years ago. Why does it not work now? You know, and the truth is our spouses, our partners are people too. And over those 10 years, they've grown They've changed. So what worked 10 years ago may not be the thing that works now. Plus they're people. It's a relationship, not a process. That's very different. But at work, maybe there's a project where a process has worked time and again, or it's the way we've always done it. Have you heard that one before? <laughs> it's probably a phrase you either A, used yourself or B, you've heard it said so many times it makes you gag or you want to gag because it's just, it, it holds you back. So that's something to think about. All of the things being equal, how is your process working for you? Whether it's at work, whether it's with your fitness, you know, maybe you're in your forties and you're realizing you've got nothing saved for your retirement. Is your current process with your finances working? Now, everybody's finances are different. I have no idea what you're going through. So the only question I can throw out there safely to challenge you and not be way out of my league is, is your process with your finances working for you? Are you putting aside enough each and every paycheck so that you have a future paycheck when you're not working anymore? Do 
do you have a nest egg set aside so that if you get hit with an emergency, you can pay for that emergency with a cash reserve as opposed to whipping up the credit card? Now, if you're going to use credit, do you have a plan to get rid of that debt and free up your cash flow again? All good things. Now, if it's fitness, do you have things in place that trigger the habits needed to work out? And I know mine, they go up and down. One thing I do consistently is I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. The rest of the routine all depends on what triggers I put in place before I went to bed. So if my book is on the nightstand, that comes out to the living room with me. If my workout clothes are also set up, then there's a workout. If a journal or my laptop is out on the table as well, I'm journaling that more. So my routine is completely dependent on the things I put in place for the process to work. So the question is, in any area of your life, how's your process working? Are you trying different things to get the different results you want? Or are you doing the same thing over and over and over? Like John Kreese, he got a second chance from Johnny Lawrence and he swooped in and did the same thing he's always done and he's not getting the results he wanted. And it could be the same thing for us. We're probably doing the same thing we've always done and we're wondering or upset, frustrated that things are not turning out the way we want. And when, if that's the case, there's really just a simple solution on this one. First step take a step back. What am I doing today, every day? What is my routine? What is my habit? And when you take the time to really look at what are your daily activities, you start to see what the pattern is, and then you can start connecting the dots to where am I right now? Oh, this totally makes sense now. And it's just an exercise that'll take about an hour to do. Where am I right now? What, what is the state of my life right now in the areas of my faith, my family, my fitness, my fan, finances, and my outlook on future possibility? Those five areas. Now, what am I doing every single day? How do those activities contribute or not contribute to where I wanted to be in those areas of my life? And that's when you can start to make a change. So the first thing, take a step back and inventory is the second. What's my current state? What do I do every day today? And how do those activities lead to my current state? Because the third step is if you want to make a change, if you truly want to make a change, what is the future state I want in those areas of my life? Start to write those down. Great. What are the daily activities, weekly activities, monthly activities that are going to provide inputs that'll produce those results? Now you got a plan. Now you got to put the triggers in place. So you do that plan every single day. Or, you know, if you just want to build room for you to be human, win five days of the week out of the seven, win five of them every month, win three of the four weeks for the year, win nine of the 12 months, you got a winning year and you just stack one year after another like that, and you'll be where you want to be. You'll live the life you always dreamed of living beyond the rut. So there you have it. John Kreese, his rut was repeating his pattern of behavior, but not getting the results he wanted. And it wasn't until he changed his process that he got a different result. And that's the challenge for us. Where is it? We're not getting the results we want. What are the processes we're doing every single day to give us our current state? What is the future state we want? Now you can figure out what are the daily steps that'll get me there? So with that said, I'm glad you joined me for parts one, two, and three of this Cobra Kai series. It was a lot of fun to put together. Uh, I get to play with my lights. If, if you're watching the video version of this on YouTube, I've done a different set of lights, a different t-shirt. I mean, it's just like, man, I love this. This is so cool. Um, yeah, I recorded it all this at one time and I just changed out shirts, you know, because <laughs> I didn't want you to think I have only one t-shirt. So I mixed things up. Now, for this episode specifically, I was talking about changing your process, changing your path. And I've got a tool for you that is free to download. 
It's called Measure It to Make It. It's a goal planning, goal setting tool for life. So you get to really dig deep. What are my values? What does life look like if money was no object, time was no object? What do I want to do in my life before I'm no longer on this planet? And then from there, you take a look at what is my purpose? Uh, what do I want life to look like in my faith, my family, my fitness, my finances, and my outlook on future possibility. And then from there, you start to really whittle down to what am I doing this year? What am I doing every month? What am I doing every week, every day? What are my milestones? And once you've got that, you've got a written plan that's going to take you every single day closer to the life you want to live. So if you don't have something like that in place already, I invite you to go to beyond the rut.com slash goals. And there you can download that document for free, print it off, fill it out. And it's yours. I mean, that's, that's your plan. And because it's your plan, you can always go back to it and change it, adjust it, cross off the goals that turned out to really be somebody else's goal. So you can put your goal in there. This is your life. It's your life to live, your life to lose, and it's your rut to get out of. So there you have it. Now, again, the show notes for this episode beyondtherut.com slash 292 and you know the best way you can pay us back pay me back is to pay this episode forward so however you're listening to me right now there's a share button hit that share button send this off to one person you know would find value in the episode there you have it now i'm glad you joined me this week i look forward to joining you again next week but until then go live life beyond the rut take care You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.